0: Phoenix Founders Podcast is sponsored by Arizona Venture Development Corp. AVC invests in early-stage tech startups and funds across multiple sectors, including software, while providing access to equity capital for underrepresented founders and communities in Arizona. You're listening to the Phoenix Founders Podcast, where we talk with remarkable founders who are making Phoenix a top software city. We're digging into the highs and lows of company building and getting a little vulnerable to find out what makes these founders keep going. Scarlett Spring is building a software company in a sector of healthcare that is notoriously underfunded and difficult to navigate, or is it? Scarlett might know something about the future of personalized care and doesn't mind the headwinds. She has enough belief in what her company is building to keep proving validity, and she has enough experience to know how to get through the roadblocks. She has enough experience to know how to get through the roadblocks, and she has enough humility to keep learning. Let's dive in. Scarlett, first of all, I love your humility and your growth mindset. I think that's such a key differentiator for you because you have such a great career in healthcare and being an executive in biotech, and you've been a founder before, and you started from the beginning what you said, I went back to the beginning, venture ready, AIC, the mentors, advisors like Tom and Ray. And I think a lot of experienced founders wouldn't have that humility. And I think that's amazing. So I wanted to say that, um, you're building a company in a space that is notoriously underfunded, not paid attention to really thin margins. Why would you do this? (laughs)
1: Now, when you put it what that way. What were you thinking? Yeah, exactly. When you put it that way, I'm like, yeah. what? Um, it, we kind of had a mantra in the, the first early days because, you know, you, you do like second guess yourself, particularly in those early months. And as I mentioned, we, you know, we kind of walked into this and we waded into the shallow waters before we really jumped into it with both feet. But the mantra was, caregiving has got to get better before I get there. And I, because I've been touched by dementia and because so many of us, if we haven't been, will be touched by dementia. And I hear the stories, and many of you might know the name Pat Summit, who was one of the uh, best and most well-known women's basketball college she's coaches the in the country.
2: Yeah, she's the goat.
1: Had the poorest health care. And it didn't matter how much money that she had. So we did it because it has to get better before we get there. And I believe very strongly about that. Um, Now, with that being said, we were just arrogant enough to believe we could make a difference. And in a space that performs poorly, Um, I think we're making a difference today. Now, we are nowhere uh, where we want to be and expect to be and set our goals to be, but when you hear the stories, uh, because we're in weekly calls with these communities of what and how people are actually using Ella, it is very rewarding. And you know that at the end of the day, individuals who cannot speak for themselves or have lost the ability to speak for themselves are getting better care with a product that we're putting into the market than they would without us. And I think that keeps us going.
0: And I imagine it it hasn't been hard to get your entire team to buy into that
1: vision. They love it. They love it. And even if you're the CTO, which... um, You know, he just keeps saying, you know, because we now have been fortunate enough to hire two dementia experts, not only the founder, but we hired a uh, 25-year veteran out of Brookdale Senior Living, the largest senior living community in the country. And quite frankly, as she was considering retiring, she could have gone with anyone because this is an individual who ran all of the... um, all of the the trials, and implemented all of the technologies within Brookdale Senior Living. So she could have her pick because, of course, everyone wants to hire the person who implemented within Brookdale Senior Living. And she picked us. And she picked us because she believed so strongly in it's about the way you're approaching. It's not about the medicines and the sedative medicine that you're putting on board. It's about giving people the tools to approach differently. And we're really proud of that. We got her.
2: Well, I I wanted to ask um, about your question about does it get easier? Does the deck, when you think about as you're building a company, um, cause in my experience, it doesn't necessarily get easier. Things get different, like their problems are different, but it's not necessarily easier. But, but what do you think about that? I don't mean, no, I don't mean to lead the witness here.
1: No, but, but I, 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 I was already shaking my head along with you. It doesn't get easier. It just gets different because as much as we are getting traction, the, we don't have our product market fit solved. You know, it is still maddening that, you know, we're still working on that. Because as, as I mentioned, as we continue to swim upstream and now we're into home care, um, that's, that is a different value proposition. And we now are servicing that, that family and not just one family, but like a group of family that are now a caregiving team. So it's just different. It's more complicated, but it's more dynamic. And to be honest, that's where we always wanted to be
2: product market fit is interesting you said you don't feel like you have like true product market fit yet it's, uh, it's yet yeah, you yeah you've got this great efficacy story uh, from and some case studies already i do think product market fit can be pretty elusive for many of us as founders what what would product market fit look like for taproot like when you think about how will you know when you have product market fit what will it feel like or what will it look like at taproot i
1: think that i think the um...
2: Because, yeah. because you, have, yeah. you have known use cases. Absolutely. You have great case yes. studies. You have great references. Yes. And yet you still feel like That's right. it's not quite there yet.
1: I, I totally, I, and, and, that, and to my, that is maddening, right? Yeah. Uh, but I do. And it's because um, we have not had anyone who has n- not said, I love this product. Still to this date when we do a demo. But we only close about 30% of those. So whether that's a pricing issue, whether it's an adoption issue, whether it is that, look, after a while, do they keep going into the app? So we now have to figure out a way that as a family member, even if you kind of think you're getting good on your approaches, they still have to go to that app every day. Because at the end of the day, Ella is an analytical tool that is producing data that doesn't exist anywhere in the world. And so we need that family caregiver to go in and tell us, did the intervention work or not work? Because that not only is informing next generations of Ella's um, machine learning, but it's giving us the data analytics that's so powerful for insurance companies. And downstream, we do believe there does not exist anywhere in the world a behavioral database the way that we're building. And so we have to make sure that we're incenting them to tell us does it work and does it not work. So we're going to have to incorporate some social media right. uh, components to that, which are never a part of Ella's original concept. So to answer the question, the product market fit now ends up just being a bit more complex because we need those people to go in the app every day.
2: What's interesting about what you said to me is 30% demo to close rate is actually pretty good in my opinion. Like it's pretty good. But you've got, to get, you've got to drive constant usage, like adoption's a never-ending effort, right? You've got to that's constantly correct. drive adoption, and then you need, the, you need to close the feedback loop with data. That's so that's so interesting. I, I, we've asked a couple of other founders on the podcast about how they define product-market fit. So I love, and I think it's always unique by company, actually. I don't, I don't think there's, if I have this many customers, then I have product-market fit. I think it's different by, by, by context. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, what if we move to a couple of closing questions? Sure. Um, one thing that we like to ask people at the end of our podcast, be, I just don't think the world ever has too much gratitude. So I'm always interested in what people are grateful for. Just in general, it can be something about work or personal, anything you like. But I'm just interested in uh, something you're grateful for. Oh,
1: my gosh. And I, you don't have to limit no, it to one thing. No, no. I, I am so grateful for the life that my spouse and I have. We have supportive families, and so many people don't but we have supportive families, but we also have our chosen family. And that's this intense friend network that stretches from Connecticut down to Pennsylvania to, uh, of course, here in Arizona, back in Texas. And um, I'm so grateful that this chosen family that we have is um, as strong as your, um, as your uh, blood family. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm also grateful for my health i mean i i I feel amazing i'm I'm you know tipping over the edge of looking at sixty next year <laughs> so uh it's 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 you know I, I'm getting all the questions, what are you going to do for sixty and uh, so i'm I'm grateful that I have so much um, have such great health, and that is a blessing because if you have your health, you can do anything.
2: And so I feel very, very fortunate about it. I love that. Your, love your that. blood family and your chosen family, I love that distinction. I will say this about age. One thing I've learned is I've started telling people I'm 75, and if you tell people you're 75 when really you're 55, they're like, wow, you look amazing you look for yeah. 75. <laughs> and so like, that's it's, the, it's the yeah. way to get compliments. If, totally. if, if, that's a pro tip there. Totally. Um, all right, last question that I will say might be the most important question. Okay. Um, and, um, I'm going to need you to answer the question here, Scarlett here. All right. Best place for tacos in Arizona. And if you can't come up with something, I might have a plan B for you.
1: Okay. But Uh, best
2: places in taco. If you were going to go eat tacos, friend comes in town and she says, Hey, I've got to get tacos here while I'm in Arizona. Where, where do we, where do we take her?
1: Okay. I I like tacos, but it's not my favorite. I just want (laughs) you to know it's just not my favorite. What would you take
0: them out for then?
1: Oh, time. I would do breakfast, I would do brunch I'll do brunch for dinner i'm I'm that br- woman okay. I, okay I love me some brunch yes. let's hear about
2: it where so pro, uh, yeah. pro, uh, pro tip on the on the on the breakfast okay. in Phoenix. and
1: I hope you all don't go there because you're just basically going to be in my way because I am there every <laughs> weekend. No, uh, secrets out. I think the best uh, brunch uh, is called uh, the Adobe, and it is basically um, the old golf course at the Biltmore and, um, you need to go quickly cause they are going to tear it down in about, uh, you know, four to six months cause they're building a new one. But the Adobe at the Biltmore is my favorite bunch place. And I'm there every weekend.
2: Now this is the place that has a patio outside. It does. Yeah. 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 And they
1: close, they close early. Oh yeah. I'm there. All the people know me. I walk in, they, they know what I'm going to order. But, it, uh, I used to live in Ahwatukee and, uh, the other place is Hillside
0: Spot right there. And Hillside spot is a great brunch place. Okay.
2: Good tips. I love it.
0: So you mentioned early on that you and your spouse have their own, your own lanes in the company. I was wondering how you figured that out.
1: Oh my gosh. And this was during COVID. It was not pretty in the beginning and uh, mostly because she's a bit of small business owner and run her own successful consulting business. So, um, there's a way that you run a consulting business. And then there's a way that you run an early stage venture. And we were in conflict for a handful <laughs> of months over that. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, she's a psychologist by training and um, a little bit of a controlling there. And I, so we really had to just trust each other and have some real heart to hearts about look, I am so fiscally responsible. I want you to know, though, you do have to do these things. We are going to have to go raise our profile. This is a methodical way that we are going to raise our profile. And we're going to do these sets of things. And the the spins that we're going to do are going to be the wisest they can be. And guess what? We may make a mistake. That's okay, too. But this is the way that you begin to raise the profile. And she today is the greatest champion. If she were sitting here, she would say, understanding that I did not know how to raise a company from just out of nothing, um, and that I trusted Scarlett to do that would be the first thing out of her mouth. And that, it saved our marriage, thank goodness, but it also (laughs) gave us our lanes, because she is absolutely, as Greg said, the deep content expert, and I feel very strongly that when we do podcasts, like we were fortunate enough to go to South by Southwest and pitch last year, I put her front and center on, on all the podcasts because no one tells the story uh, of these interventions and how patients and residents respond than Linda Buscemi. It's It's her brain that we are really being able to mimic with our machine learning. And uh, so understanding that and trusting each other was uh, super valuable.
2: Maybe you should have called it Linda instead of Ella, but I understand yeah, you're exactly. trying to elevate the caregiver. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was I was refusing to do that part. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's her brain that you're machine learning. What that's a, exactly like, that's it. You imagine having your brain like. Yeah, that's exactly nobody wants that with no. me. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'll tell you that.
1: I think if there was one closing nugget that I would say, and I think this is really important. Look, uh, there's we have obviously a lot of pride in what we're building, um, and I've been super fortunate to be able to get such talented people to be a part of this team, but I will equally say. Uh, because I'm a little more tenured, I also know that there will be pivot points as we continue to move forward where we're going to need different skills and expertise at the table. And being an adult and knowing when it's time to make those changes, uh, whether that is Linda stepping aside and sharing the, the limelight with a second dementia expert whether that's, you know, me one day finding, you know, the next level of CEO to take the baton and go to the next level, or even our CTO today, uh, if we graduate into a different kind of uh, tech environment, that um, it, it requires that kind of a consideration. I think because we all have a bit of tenure under our belt, we understand that's a part of the journey. And it's, it's it's about what can we do to make sure that Ella gets to the world and makes the difference that we all believe in because we're all owners everyone has stock in the company on the team and regardless of whether what role that you're playing if uh, if you're on the bus and you're sitting in sitting in the right seat and we're doing the best that we can for Ella that's the right answer
2: I love that when our Amazing. purpose when our purpose and our and our mission are are bigger than where we where we what seat we're in. I think there's a lot of amazing things that can happen. So thank you for sharing. Thank you, that you so much, Scarlett.
0: Lesson. Thank you. If you liked this episode, let us know and subscribe to hear more at phxfounders.com.